You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. What's up, people? What? Well, how it be? Hey. How it be, y'all? How it be? Everybody doing all right tonight? Yeah. I'm doing okay. Andrew had a little bout of sickness today. You feeling better now? All better. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I was feeling a little crappy earlier, too, and then I was like, I'm going to take a shower and drink some water, and now now I feel... You're rejuvenated. Yeah, I, I'm re- rejuvenated. <laughs> they, they Hydrate or dehydrate. They tie me into the Matrix. Now I feel way better. So much better. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is a simulation. Some of, that, yeah. some of that high quality H2O. <laughs> <laughs> it was a high quality H2O. You know, that was on, Waterboy was on at work like last week and I was on a break so I watched like an hour of it and I still can't believe it. The movie's pretty dang funny. The Waterboy? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the movie's <laughs> hilarious. All right. So this is episode 125 of Real Crime. We're kind of getting up there a little bit in age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're 125 now. 125. We're like the world's oldest living person. <laughs> All right, it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into our sponsors. Obviously, want to mention the Flint Institute of Arts. Uh, they just re-upped with us for another year, so make sure you check out their website. And they've got their film series going on right now, so make sure you check that out. Yeah, they actually show some pretty cool stuff up there. And then, of course, Matador Martial Arts. Rudy will be joining us next week for our podcast on toys, which will be live streaming next Tuesday on that as well. And then, of course, ProjectorScreen.com. Make sure you check those guys out too. Alrighty, you guys ready for news? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so quiet tonight. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Stop chilling. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I can't stop <laughs> chilling. <laughs> Chill for life. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So first thing in news today, we did report on uh, Battlestar. They are doing some form of a reboot of the yeah. show. Yeah. I'm not really sure the direction of it because there's been a couple different things that have been said about it. Mm-hmm. First thing that came out was it's going to be a reboot. They're starting it all over again. Yeah. And then the person that's going to be the showrunner came out and said, no, that's a fallacy that actually yeah. it's going to be a show that takes place in the existing universe. So it's going to fit in with the other Battlestar show somehow. Oh. And that's the that's the one that's being done by uh, the Mr. Robot guy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's so, also on a thing called the Peacock, which I think is the worst name for a streaming that's service. That's NBC's. That's thing? NBC's is the Peacock. I just guessed that, but yeah, for real. Yes, they have yeah. a lot that's of other real. It's the real name. They have a lot of other shows coming out for it, or um, well, they're getting the whole like I think they're having all of NBC's like sitcoms on there. They're yeah. tr- slowly trying to acquire them back, although they're not going to have the Office till twenty twenty one. We're gonna have like just streaming overload. To the point where nobody's going to want to subscribe to anything because there's going to be too many choices. Mm. There's already too many choices. Yeah. yeah. It is absolutely outrageous how many streaming services there are. Yeah. I, I don't know if the and Peacock will be successful, out. you know. Yeah. Because you can't be like, hey, come over. Let's watch the cock. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. But it's it does, it's not as smooth as Netflix and chill. Yeah. Hey, well, you want to watch The Office on the cock? They're like, maybe? Maybe. Until um, age 24 says something i don't want for apple plus to be the only option i have to watch the director's cut of midsummer again oh it just uh they just announced that in the uk there's going to be a director's cut blue 
Oh, there is. Yep, mm-hmm. it's co- oh. I just saw that like right before I came over here. It's coming out on October twenty eighth. I uh, pre-ordered that shit. Yep, I already did. I was like, oh. Okay. How much was that? Uh, it was fifteen pounds, so it's probably around eighteen, nineteen bucks after. Oh, conversion. that's not too bad. No, that's not nice. too bad at all. They're actually weird, oddly. Uh, Blu-rays are like cheap in the UK, but you have to factor in like, of course, like conversion rate and shipping. And I usually pay a little extra for shipping, so you can get like tracking because sometimes you'll the shit just disappears on its way to you. But that's happened to me a couple of times with Amazon UK. Yeah. So usually I just order in bulk. That's a little better. You know, I'll just save up a bunch of stuff I want to watch one time, so I have to pay the shipping thing. You know, less the one time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never had issues really ordering from Amazon UK. So if anybody's into region free, and it might also the the Blu-ray might be region free. I don't know if it's region B locked. To, so I'll check and maybe you know it might be an option for people that want that on Blu-ray that don't want just a digital copy of it. You know, I don't know why they wouldn't. Put that on well i think it's with it's with the um the digital version is just if you buy it on itunes it's with it yeah like it's an extra but i don't know the why thing. they wouldn't put it on the blu-ray i don't know that doesn't make sense i just buy it, but people would buy it i don't <laughs> yeah this doesn't make sense to me i guess I don't, I don't understand yeah you know i'll buy that version for sure yeah yeah all right so moving along uh dan Aykroyd was on Joe Rogan the other day talking more about Ghostbusters and revealed, you know, he is definitely in. Obviously, Michelle saw another article yesterday that said Ernie Hudson is definitely in, yep. but they're still kind of on the fence with who else is going to be involved in this thing. Yeah. So, Bill Harold Murray says he's out. What's that? And Bill Murray say he's out, or am I mistaken? No confirmation. Mm-hmm. No confirmation at all. So, we'll see. I don't know why he's such a dick about it. Well, he was in the the crappy one, so why yeah. wouldn't he be in this one? Was he in the crappy one? Yeah. yeah. I never watched the crappy one, so well, I wouldn't he was know. in it, so he needs to be in this one. <laughs> <laughs> what a douche. All right. And then in other news, It Chapter 2 dominated the box office this last weekend with over $40 million. So it's already around 160 or $170 million domestically. So it's doing very well. Nice. Maybe not as well as the original as the first one, but it's actually doing pretty good numbers for a sequel. Well, the original one did seven hundred million, didn't it? Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. It was like the biggest horror movie of all time. It's yeah. like the highest grossing horror franchise. Like I think it's at a billion. They wow. said somewhere. Yeah, at some like one of the numbers. Close to it. Close to it. What was the running time of the first one? It's like two, two fifteen. Yeah, two forty. Maybe yeah. It's pretty long. Because the second one's three, yeah. isn't it? It's two fifty. Yeah, two forty nine. I thought it wasn't long enough. It could have used a little. I think yeah. like fifteen, twenty more minutes, and I would have been ecstatic. Well, I, I think the the director Andy Muschietti is that how you say his Muschietti? name? Muschietti. Muschietti. Yeah. Muschietti. Uh, he said that he was thinking about, or maybe he even did film new stuff to like when he makes a supercut. So yeah. you might see, you know, 15 extra minutes of, like, stuff you have to fill in between the two films. An eight-hour cut of yeah. it. Yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, I would, too. If it was broken <laughs> up properly, hell yeah. And then last little bit of news is that Sylvester Stallone won't let anything die. Obviously, a couple weeks ago, he said he was very disappointed with the way that Creed Two ended. He was not happy with the way it ended his character, <laughs> which is total bullshit because it was the perfect ending to his character. Yeah. And now with Rambo, he's talking about, well, if this one does really well, even though it's called Last Blood, I might do another one. 
And now, blah, 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 the blah. Last, yeah. last blood. Last, last blood. <laughs> Mel Brooks even made a joke about that in Spaceballs. Rocky 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so he, this week he has been discussing that he wants to work with Robert Rodriguez to reboot Cobra. Hmm, I'd watch that. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Hmm. I don't know. I just don't know if you can do Gritty's 80... 80s style mm-hmm. like that right now. I feel like properly. you could with Robert Rodriguez. He's, I mean, yeah, I feel potentially. Like, I feel like that's who could do it if they get somebody to do it. Yeah, because he knows that style yeah. very well. All right, so that's it for news. In new releases this week, we've got Ad Astra, mm-hmm. which yeah. I have to write a review for. Uh, this is going to be challenging for yeah. me because there's a lot to like and there's a lot to dislike. Yeah, which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of the shit that happens is me like what where that it's bananas it no pun intended well, it I is got, bananas the studio messed with it too so um yeah, yeah. you can kind of tell you can tell it's still i liked it <laughs> and then last blood is out this week unfortunately i will be in atlanta so i will not be able to see it opening night kind of sad about that and then downton abbey which andrew saw i liked that one yeah it's sort of like a long-form Christmas episode. If if you're a fan of the show, you'll like it. If if you're not a fan of the show, you'll you'll be entertained for two hours, maybe. <laughs> All right, and then uh, suggested viewings for this week. Man, I'm out of it. Um, yeah, I'm actually gonna go with Star Trek Discovery because I was not introduced to that show until last weekend, and I actually binged the entire season in two days, and I actually quite enjoy it Mm -hmm. i think the visual effects are amazing for a tv show and i really like the different ways the plot went with you know split universe and different things going on and switching captains of the ship there's a lot of good story to it and i think that towards the end it really started to nail like the original themes of star trek so if you've not watched Star Trek Discovery, I would suggest it. I know season one and season two are both on Amazon right now. So that is mine. Who wants to go next? Um, <laughs> I can't stress it enough. Uh, too old to die young. I probably even gave this one a suggested viewing before, but it's just for me, it's been the gift that keeps on giving. I just can't get enough of this show. I'm Even rewatching it has been exciting, even though I know it's coming it's like seeing it again in a new way. So, uh, too old to die young. Um, like uh, its creator said, uh, pick any episode and start with. So, that's on Amazon, right? Yeah. Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll go next. Um, <laughs> so mine is gonna be. So I'm like writing an article about Sue Hark. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, like you know, Hong Kong director and. So when he was dipping his toes into directing movies in Hollywood in the early in like it's like the mid 90s, they were like, oh, yeah, just make. So they're like, you have to make a a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And he made like two Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. And the first one he made was Double Team. And so like I rewatched Double Team and I haven't seen Double Team since I was like, you know, whenever it came out, I think it came out like 97. So I was gosh, I was like 16, 17, 15 or something like that. 
I, I remembered like nothing from this movie and I rewatched it and it's the most amazing piece of garbage I've ever seen. And everybody <laughs> needs to fucking watch Double Team. It's so batshit crazy that like if you explain the plot to people, first off, it has Dennis Rodman in it and he can't act, but he's like amazing in it. And his hair color changes every other scene for no reason at all. Like in between, like they'll be like, oh, we have to go to this store that's 10 minutes away. And then like his hair is green when he gets there and it was red when he left and never explained. And there's like... Uh, so let me just explain to you like there's a fight between Mickey Rourke a shirtless Mickey Rourke and Jean-Claude Van Damme and he's and oh, Mickey Rourke stole already. Jean-Claude Van Damme's baby and the baby's like in a baby carriage on the ground in a coliseum in Rome <laughs> and like he brings a tiger out and tells Jean-Claude Van Damme he has to fight the tiger and then also there's landmines that he hid in the ground in the coliseum <laughs> and then Dennis Rodman oh. rides up in a motorcycle it's like the most amazing, crazy shit you will ever see in your entire life. And I urge everybody to get a six pack of your favorite beer, a pizza, and watch Double Team if you haven't. It's like amazing. You will have the best time of your life, seriously. No Creek put that out on Blu-ray, didn't they? Yeah, it's a shit transfer too. But it's like $10. So I, it was like the best $10 I ever spent. It was amazing. I hear Beagle, Beagle, yeah. Beagle speak. <laughs> they like double team too. Yeah, they're, they're big fans. Yeah. They have a lot to say about tonight's real crime. Bro- yeah, <laughs> they do. All right, oh, Liam, what's on your plate? Um, this week I watched the uh, this show on Amazon. It's called Undone. It's from one of the producers, BoJack Horseman, and oh. it's uh, a rotoscoped show. And the uh, the main girl in it uh, was Alita. Uh, and I'll lead a battle angel and oh, yeah. she's uh, grieving her uh, father recently died and she starts getting visions of her dad and telling her like telling her oh I'm not really dead and like you can like master time travel to like bring me back and it's a really amazing astounding show and it's animated like waking life it's a lot of rotoscope mm. kind of things and it's to say any more would take away from its magic it's it's wonderful if you've seen uh bojack horseman and you've seen how that show kind of deals with some really heavy themes this is kind of like that nice but the rotoscoping looked sweet i saw a trailer and it's mm. like but it's like you know cg kind of rotoscoping it looks yeah. amazing though yeah it really is like some of the best tv i've seen this year it's really good all right so tonight we're talking about the matrix series it just celebrated its 20th anniversary, the first film. That's right. And you need to see it in theaters if you can, because they just did re-released it. Mm-hmm. Just don't go to a theater where somebody's going to pull the smoke alarm. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting there, and yeah. literally he's like, blue pill, red pill. He takes the red pill, and as soon as he puts it in his mouth, the fucking strobe lights <laughs> in the theater start going off, well, and then. you hear over the PA, please find the nearest exit, emergency, emergency. And I'm like thinking, is somebody fucking with me right now? Because there's like me and like five other people in that huge Dolby cinema. You're like, wow, is this like 4D or something? Yeah, I was like, this is kind of cool. You've entered the Matrix. Yeah, he chose I was like, the red I'm pill. literally in the Matrix right now. And that security <laughs> came in and they escorted everybody out. And I'm like, this is really happening right now. It's like the best part of the movie. All like, the security guards look the same. All, <laughs> they've all got sunglasses on. 
But yeah, so they they you were given keep, specific orders. Yes, <laughs> leave the theater, Mister Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they kick us all out, and like we're all waiting outside, and the manager's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry this happened." Blah blah. I'm like, "Dude, it's the Matrix, it's the Matrix." And he's like, "Yeah, the Dolby's still going." And I'm like, "Well, can you just let me back in to finish watching the Matrix?" And all the rest of the theater shut down. In the case of an emergency, but the Dolby keeps going yeah. for some reason. It's on a different system. So yeah, didn't get to finish it. They wouldn't let you back in. Nope the uh, the fire department came and they said, well, if the fire department gives us the clear, we can let everybody back in. Uh, and, like over by then. And the fire marshal guy was like, nope, sorry, You're done for the night. Refund. Well, I used my AMC stubs, so there really wasn't a refund. But I ended up with two free. Movie passes, and I got uh, two free large drinks and two free large popcorns. So I came uh, home. Yeah. And Not a bad trade-off, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I gave my daughter the free passes because I won't use them. So I came home, and I watched all three movies at home <laughs> <laughs> with weed. So yeah. that was better. Yeah. <laughs> it was a better option. So what do we want to say about The Matrix tonight? Well, we could just do it in chronological order. Yeah. yeah. So the first Matrix. So how old? Were, so now I'm gonna. How old were you when the Matrix came out? 1999. Yeah. Three. Oh my God! Get the fuck out of this podcast right now. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> no, I just like I I knew it was gonna be some number that was gonna make me sad and mm. feel old. The Matrix spit him out. So how old were you when you first saw it? Like you remember watching it? Well, I remember watching it. I was like five or six. Okay. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. I I wanted to see it, and and my dad was like, I want to see it because he yeah. hadn't seen it. Because you know, when you're a parent, you're just forced to watch the shitty kids' movies that your kid watches most of the time. So we got to watch that and uh, RoboCop, and oh. that was kind of a mind bender. That kind of just wait. Set so me at up six, for life. your dad let you watch RoboCop. Yeah. I saw RoboCop when I was seven. Yeah, okay. I was really young yeah. when I saw it, too. Really? Oh, my God. My dad just let me watch whatever. Yeah. It was basically like that. I mean, like some of the hardcore stuff, like I didn't see Evil Dead until I was like 13, but, you know. RoboCop's pretty brutal, though. It is. But it was, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Like I couldn't yeah. really like, you know, like you see all the stuff happening and you're like, oh, that was cool. Like, you don't think about it in terms of, like, human life. That'd be yeah, weird. like, robot guy, awesome. Boom, yeah, yeah. You're like, yes. you're like, you can walk on water and he can cool, do a cool gun flip. Yeah. You're not like, oh, He has wow. prime directives. I want yeah. some of those. Yeah, this sounds awesome. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Liam. <laughs> he talked directly to you. <laughs> Just the scene where like, he shoots the rapist guy in the You're a move, creep. <laughs> I think of that, but also the RoboCop remake where he just oh, God. kept dicks. <laughs> All right, back to the Matrix. Right. So you were three. I was I was three when it came out. I was like five or six. So it was around the time that the sequels were in theaters. And like the first sequel, Revolutions? Uh, Reloaded. Reloaded. Reloaded was on DVD. And that okay. was when I saw both those two. And then I saw the third one like a couple months later. I was 25. I'm way older than you. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I was 17. Yeah. When I saw it. How old were you then? 
Um, let's see. I'm 36 now. So, so you've been 16. Yeah, I saw it when it came out in the theater. Wow. Um, it was just kind of a game changer at the time. I mean, when this movie came out, there was nothing like it. Yeah. And I remember, like, I saw it by myself, Beacon East. I, like, saw previews for it. You know, I didn't watch them on YouTube, obviously, because yeah. it didn't exist, I don't think. But I went to where I always went, the Beacon East. And I saw The Matrix opening night at, like, midnight. And there was, like, nobody else there. Like, maybe two other people, you know. And I was just fucking blown away. And I was like, why aren't more people seeing this movie? Because it didn't really have... It had a marketing push, but people weren't, like, really excited about it until it started to kind of build up. And people realized what it was about and the special effects and all the action and stuff. It wasn't huge until, like, the next week. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like how Star Wars was. You know, kind of one of those like genre defining moments. So it was like a groundswell where it just kind of built and yeah, it really built up. And then I saw it again with my friends the next day. I was like, Mm -hmm. you guys got to see this. So we loaded up and went back to Beacon East to see it again. And then um, I think I saw it a few days later, a third time out at uh, Star Mm -hmm. in uh, Southfield, the big one took other friends to see it so it's just one of those movies i think it just kind of changed everything and all the movies that came out subsequently genre films for the next five or six years all looked like and sounded like the matrix i mean you can see the like influence like growing up the bullet time the bullet time and and like there's always references to like bullet time so even before i like had seen and fully knew what the matrix was I mean, there were references to it in things like Shrek, and it was just ubiquitous. It was a huge... Scary thing. movie. They made yeah, that's movie. right. The second one. I remember when I saw it, it A, it blew my mind. Like, absolutely. I saw that movie probably like 10 or 15 times and when it was theater run. I was obsessed with Matrix when it came out because I was like a, a weeb and like a nerd, and I love sci-fi stuff. And, and actually, the odd thing was like... The, the kind of aesthetic it was doing wasn't 100% new to me because I'd been watched I watched a lot of Hong Kong action films anime I mean it's it, uh, it very much invokes uh, Ghost in the Shell mm. um, a lot like uh, when she does that swan dive off the building oh, yeah. that's yeah. straight from Ghost in the Shell like when I saw it I was like man did they see Ghost in the Shell because this is like a lot like it and I'd, I'd never seen anything live action that was like that production value though like mm-hmm. i mean and then the very first fight scene when trinity jumps up and it does that 360 spin around her i was like what the fuck was that like what <laughs> it's hard to explain to people like you never saw that was the first time you saw something like that in a movie and how like mind-blowing it was to like because now it's so played out that that you know bullet time and all that's so played out now people are like yeah it's it, when you were there when it first happened in a movie and see it like it's fucking blew my shit like for real i was like flabbergasted the whole rest of the movie like the fight scenes it was blowing my mind like super hard it's just i I, it's hard to explain like how revolutionary that was to american cinema american action cinema at the time like hong kong stuff they were doing bullet time so but not to not to with that much money and production value you know it's like it was like john woo but times like 10 with good with like millions and millions of dollars thrown well at it. and that's what was funny for me is when um 
when I saw it the first time, I had just seen Hard Boiled. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had just seen The Killer. And watching that end sequence mm-hmm. when they walk into the building mm-hmm. and throw down the bags of guns. Yeah. And it just goes totally ballistic. I was like, this is a John Woo movie. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and I mean, other directors as well. Yeah. But you could totally see the influence. I was just like all over the place on that thing. So... It renewed uh, interest in kung fu action movies and and science fiction movies. There were a lot of there were a lot of films that it spawned in its wake, and it uh, really uh, really started kind of word of mouth before anybody before I had even seen it. That was how I first heard about it. it was through people talking about it, and I also want to say it uh, had a large role in the success of the DVD format because at the time it was breaking records on home video for top selling dvd of all time because it was like the dvd people would use to like showcase their system because of like the yeah. effects and stuff i always remember people going oh man i just got this new set pop the matrix in to yeah. like show you their yeah. shit down, like it was like down, the down, 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 yeah. yeah yeah it was like the you know demo disc people used to like show how good their sound system was or how good their tvs were i mean just i mean for like I just I could barely talk about the Matrix how how influential it was to like my taste like and I know it sounds kind of silly I guess but like the mm-hmm. it was just so it like not only was the action really creative and interesting and, and novel and and well conceived and they had like a they had Yu Wu Ping do their fight choreography like one of the masters of of fighting choreography from Hong Kong they had you know that and then on top of this fucking amazing action movie there is like this fucking cool story too like the story is just as good as the action and Mm -hmm. that's very rare in an action movie usually one's you know kind of better than the other but that one it was like equal there's like a really compelling story like the the idea of like people living in a fake world in the matrix and like when you first saw the movie and they come up with like oh my god he's in a simulation you're like what what like it was like (laughs) such a cool surprise like now everybody's like, yeah, you know, that stuff's like so old hat now, like that kind of like narrative, but like it just comes out of nowhere in that movie. Like the first time you mm-hmm. see it, like, and he takes a pill and he, and he unplugs and he's like, <laughs> and he's in that liquid and that big fucking mon- like yeah. machine comes and pulls. I was like, what is, the, is that happening? It was really shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first time you see it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen that before, other than like fire. It was almost like shocking on the level of fire in the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it has a very similar look and totally. him waking up in a pod. And it's the same cinematographer as well, Bill oh. Pope. Yeah. Really? Mm hmm. And he shot Army of Darkness. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense then. Did he, which movie came out first? Uh, fire in the Sky did. Oh, so he probably like just used a lot of his right? ideas from that. And mm-hmm. kind of put him in Matrix. Maybe that's why they hired him. Even they yeah. were like, "Oh, I'm sure." Whoa, this is like blowing my mind again. He's yeah. a, he's <laughs> an awesome cinematographer. Bill yeah. Pope, I love Bill Pope. Wow, <laughs> it's funny. So many movies, even David Fincher's movies, like Fight Club or uh, or some of the recent science fiction films, like Thirteenth uh, Floor, say that looks like the Matrix. You know, it's got the green tint. That. Yeah, Thirteenth Floor was like one of those that kind of like latches on mm-hmm. kind of things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, The Matrix was really good. Let's do the Thirteenth Floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. they basically affected every movie until like two thousand and eight. Was like all green tinted. Like you could, you can always <laughs> sell like an early two thousands action movie. Yeah, it's always that green tinty look to it, desaturated. 
which like works in the matrix you know because that's a really interesting idea like the the contrast between when he's in the matrix and it's green tinted and when he's in uh the real world and it's like kind of organic warmish mm-hmm. yeah. colors mm-hmm. um which they really lean into more in the the sequels the, mm-hmm. the the contrast between you know the being inside the matrix and being like um what's the name of the damn place they're in zion zion yeah um but fucking orgy yeah dance party <laughs> oh my gosh all the time 24 7 never yeah. stops that's what happens after <laughs> we record the podcast oh that's right <laughs> we got a like, dance party we got at least 500 people in bondage matrix outfits <laughs> out in the other room i always liked though that i always liked that a like if people were going to have idealized versions of themselves they would dress in cool fucking bondage leather because i sure shit would, mm, I would um, and have cool sunglasses that like don't ever come <laughs> off their face even when they're getting kicked because it's awesome that's another thing that's great about the first matrix movie is like it's dated in this glorious way where it was like right on the cusp between technology being analog and digital so like there's like these quaint themes like they use phone booths to Mm -hmm. like and it makes that like aol sign on noise when they're coming through the thing like (laughs) and everybody's named after they sound like they have aol screen name cypher you know like it's just like hilariously dated in this like great way that makes it feel really 90s but it's but yeah. it's still you know kind of a futuristic kind of a it's still cyberpunk kind of cutting thing. edge in a way mm-hmm. still. yeah yeah it was interesting watching it again because i hadn't sat through the series in probably about five years mm-hmm. so revisiting them again it's kind of cool like getting back into it in all the textures and mm-hmm. all the different story points that are going on. Yeah, they kind of they go downhill a little bit. I like all three of the movies yeah. myself. I know a lot of people hate the sequels, um, but I do think the original was like it just you still feel its presence today. It's a modern classic, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. unquestionably. I would say it's like top ten sci- American sci-fi movies. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just so influential to like the genre and. And you know what? I'd put it in, you know, at least top 20 action films, too. Oh, easily. Mm -hmm. So was Keanu, he wasn't, like, doing much at the time. Like, this was kind of like a resurgence for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, he's an interesting casting choice. Yeah. Because he doesn't look like your regular type, like, action hero. He's very, he's, like, thin. Um, He's, like, Keanu was, like, half... Asian, I yeah. believe. Uh, he's like half white, half Asian. So he's mixed. He's got dark hair. He's very like distinct looking. And and I like people like to talk shit about Keanu Reeves acting. Not so much now because he's like everybody likes him. But ba- I remember back in the day, like everybody used to make fun of Keanu Reeves. Like he was a wooden board when he acts, and he's mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know, like. Whoa. But his understated whoa. performance mm-hmm. in <laughs> The Matrix actually works in the movie's favor because like he's so unassuming. He's just like the antithesis of like an action hero but it works in the matrix because it's not about like your physical prowess in the matrix Mm. it's about how you use the powers of the matrix itself right so like him being kind of thin like looking all tall gothy and cool like it it just works for the well like i heard the original one of the original thing people they considered was like will smith or like brad pitt and the thing about Keanu is that he kind of you have to like go on the journey with Will Smith. He's already too cool. Yeah, he's way too cool to be yeah. Neo. Like right at the beginning, you don't believe that he's like 
someone who's working a nine to five. Mm -hmm. He just has that action movie charisma, and that would be the totally wrong tone for -hmm. what this is. The film also did a lot, not just for uh, Lawrence Fishburne, but for Hugo Weaving. That film really, uh, Mm -hmm. people knew who he was after that, Agent Smith. Launched his career for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he had done some things before then, like that uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. But after that, he, uh, people were we were quoting that character and uh, imitating his uh, strange <laughs> mixture of uh, robot-like uh, agent and sort of picking up human frailties as, uh, as he... I don't know. How would you describe Agent he, Smith? He does. He he does contempt very well. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the way he speaks is interesting because it's just off enough to like indicate like he's not human, right? Like mm-hmm. the way he like you know enunciates his words, but he has very human emotions like jealousy, you know, disgust, anger. Like he, you know, I, I always thought he was a really good villain. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. in the first one, because it's it's such a weird thing to be a villain, some guy in a suit, right? But it's like, you know, interesting, like if you look at the Matrix as a metaphor for like breaking out of conformity, breaking out of like your station in life, like, you know, not being a victim of fate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so Agent Smith represents like corporate America, corporations, uh, conformity they're all dressed the same they all wear these suits they all wear these sunglasses that mask you know and most people say the human emotions are seen in their eyes yeah. right so they mask their eyes they look they're cold and, and 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 imposing and you know and and the matrix is like and every it, oh my god after the matrix came out every bro dude thought he had a fucking philosophy degree because he watched the matrix <laughs> it was so annoying every like guy smoked, smoked one joint it's like man what if like this is the matrix too man Dude, like there is no spoon <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> like everybody had a philosophy 101 freaking degree that was like the, remember people were writing like whole books about it like the philosophy of the matrix and remember that the, the philosophy <laughs> of time travel book it was like crazy and, and but I like about the first Matrix is like the the philosophy's in there, but it's not like taking over the whole thing like the sequels. Yeah, mm. it's just a little bit of philosophy, like you know, like the spoon kid, and he's like, you know, you're not, you don't bend the spoon, you bend the world around the spoon. Or hell, he says like, be the spoon or some shit. I don't remember. What, the, what does he say? Uh, there's what exactly does he say? Something about try not to. There is no such thing. Just remember that there is no There spoon. is no spoon. Yeah. But, like, that stuff's, like, quaint and interesting and mm. fun in that movie. And then the other movies, they just go whole hog on it, like... Take a cookie. Once you've <laughs> eaten it, you'll feel as right as rain. But, like, yeah. The first Matrix is an absolute stone-cold classic, yeah. I think. I think it's, it's, like, just one of those American, like, masterpieces... That you just kind of look at and you go, wow, this is, like, if you think of 1999 in a movie, you could, like, it's probably The Matrix. Yeah, for sure. I have the quote. All right. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Then you'll see it is not the spoon that bends. It is only yourself. 
That's the deepest mm. shit, yo. That's some real shit right there. And that was like a two-year-old that said it. I got to <laughs> I gotta put that quote up and take a picture of some Two-year-old trees. monk. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, people were, like, super into that when it came out. Like, everybody was, like, you know, an armchair Buddhist because they watched The Matrix. And, like, <laughs> Seven years in The Matrix. Yeah. No, people don't realize how big The Matrix was. And, like, if you mm. were there, The Matrix permeated so much pop culture like when it came out it was like there were video games and comic books and regular books that came out about it and just it was so much matrix stuff it was star wars all over again yeah, yeah. you it want really to know was. what it is yeah the video game we talked about Enter that the earlier. matrix oh yeah that video game was so terrible it really was it but ran i have horrible. nostalgic memories yes for it. everybody does like you wanted it to be awesome. good it was, it was so bad that it, it was fun. It was terrible. And I remember they had the running animation down perfect. That, like, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is so when glitchy. he's like shooting and he's like this. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking glitchy. And <laughs> he like broken. jumps. He would like fly over. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, they would, if they made a Matrix game, that would probably be pretty good. Well, they did another Matrix one. They There were two Matrix games, I remember. There were, and the Matrix MMO. Oh, yeah. That lasted, what, like a year? couple of years. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a sequel. Yeah. They and then there to. was the uh, Neo one where you could just play the movies. Yeah. Well, the thing was, like, the Wachowskis were trying something new where they were trying to make the Matrix be in a lot of different mediums in one time, mm-hmm. but all the mediums be, like, connected. Yeah. But it doesn't work if you don't see one piece of the thing. Because I remember when they made that Enter the Matrix game, they filmed a bunch of new scenes, right? And yeah. there was, like, the cutscenes or whatever. And it was, like, movie-quality stuff that they just yeah. put in this game. They were really into that at the time, I remember, like, trying to, like, encompass a bunch of mediums and make it one big overreaching mm-hmm. story. I think that's, like, an interesting concept to yeah. kind of tie them together, but it didn't. I mean, it, if you watch all of it and play all of it, that's really cool that you get, like, this interesting big giant story with, yeah. like, different ways of, like, interacting with the story. Like, you can play a game, read a book, read a comic, watch a animated series. It's an interesting idea and theory, but, on, you know, on paper. Yeah, but then you have to pay, play Enter the Matrix, and it, it sucks ass. <laughs> you know what I liked about that? Did you ever play Enter the Matrix or no? I've only watched people play it. Okay. I just like the fact that you could do all the physical things yeah. from the movies. I like that you could do the crazy running and <laughs> that on was the always, walls. That and, was so much fun. That was you the know stuff the I really flips liked. and the shooting while you're running in slow mo. <laughs> I love that. Like that was a, a blast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that core concept of the game sucked butt. But yeah, it was just buggy that, and, it was fun. Yeah, I. I love terrible things. I love trashed pieces of movies. <laughs> and I love trashed pieces of games. Not picky. And that was GameCube, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was it on, on everything. everything yeah. yeah. PS2. I played it on Xbox. Okay. Yeah, it was. Oh, you better believe they were on all the platforms with Matrix. They were like, we, want <laughs> we gotta get that. the. Yeah, let me get that we're cash. We're in the money. <laughs> we're in the Matrix. <laughs> I wonder if I still have my copy of that probably worth like a dollar now yeah <laughs> you show up and head to the store oh, please bargain get out, at GameStop. Get out yeah. of they put your picture up don't do not sell to this man <laughs> he just keeps trying to <laughs> keep trying to sell some matrix enter, enter the, the matrix, matrix he but is it's the a, one <laughs> <laughs> the two dudes at the store are just the dreadlock guys. yeah <laughs> so like, please stop we don't please want it please stop 
please stop. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so after the first Matrix, then they did the Animatrix before... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, was that out before? Yeah, because yeah. they that that kid that's in Reloaded, um, is was in one of the Animatrix shorts. Like they show like where how he got in, out of the Matrix in the shorts. Yeah, yeah. So that came out in between. It was after the Matrix, but I don't think it was very long before. It was like in the lead up because I remember yeah. getting it on VHS and watching it. Holy crap! Yeah, I still have the tape. Wow. Yeah. I have it on DVD. Is it on Blu-ray? I don't yeah, know. it's in the set. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah, in the set, but it's not that. in with the 4K set. I just bought oh. that 4K set, and I was kind of upset. That would when, look good in 4K, too. Yeah. That would really... The Blu-ray looks great, too, yeah. but yeah. I was kind of sad it wasn't in there. I love the Animatrix just because it sets up so much and gives you so much backstory that you didn't get. Mm-hmm. You it know, actively improves uh, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. It makes it so much better. <laughs> well, the is, lore is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the very sec- depressing. The second renaissance is like literally one of the most disturbing animated things I've ever seen. When they, the one, that's the one where they show like what made the robots take over humanity. And it's like super horrifying and like just gruesome and brutal. And they, you know, it, it's so interesting too. I'm like, man, this is like better than most of the other matrix stuff that came out yeah. like was this animated stuff well, it being an anthology movie also meant that you weren't getting the same thing throughout you were getting kind of a smorgasbord of mm-hmm. uh, materials and uh, that made it kind of kaleidoscopic in the end especially for the matrix which is sort of known for the sort of cool tinted green mm-hmm. look it's known for being sort of i don't want to say having a flat look but it's sort of having a monochromatic look mm-hmm. the the matrix was sort of different for that the thing i like about the animatrix too is that it could also be like a lot of it like a prequel to the terminator yeah which i thought was always kind of neat like i'm watching it i'm like yeah this could either be the matrix or this could be leading up to the robot war in terminator it's, kind it's just of, super cool yeah. Like, thematically, there's a lot of stuff that crosses over. They could make a movie out of, like, the robot war time of The Matrix. That would be cool. I'd watch that. Yeah. Hell yeah, it would. But they won't because it's a cool idea, but they, they <laughs> should. They won't. No. It's also interesting crossover type of a thing, like, because The Matrix is t- was taking a lot of tropes and aesthetic from anime, and then it came full circle again, and then they had, yeah. like, actual Japanese animators, like like one of the guys that did Ninja Scroll did one of the shorts. Uh, Peter Chung, the AM Flex guy, did one. Squaresoft, when, I don't know if a lot of people remember when Squaresoft had their own animation studio that folded, because they made that shit Spirits Within movie, and then they made, like, that... Oh, I love that movie. Oh, God, the I hate that Final movie. Final Fantasy Spirits Within. So bad. I love that movie. It's so bad. I've never seen it. It's no. just like, imagine, you know, playing Final Fantasy and you're like, yay, and then you watch Spirits Within and they don't, there are no crystals, no magic, no nothing. I'm like, what is, yeah. why even call this Final Fantasy? Well, like, and that's the anything. thing. Like, I like the movie, yeah. but I'm not a like, big Final Fantasy fan, so I don't really have the, I didn't have the context of the games. Yeah. I actually like it as a sci-fi film, but maybe not Final Fantasy. I wonder how it's aged, yeah. like, visually. I haven't seen it in a really Pretty long good. time. Pretty good. I remember good. it being, like, looking amazing. Like, I didn't like it, but I was like, man, that's some great animation. I always thought it would have been a cool live-action film, actually. Yeah. Which but, one holds up better, that or Advent Children? 
Advent Children's cooler because it's like literally actually Final Fantasy stuff. Right. I think. Yeah. But I have both of them. I'll have to compare and contrast at some point. Damn it. Final Fantasy <laughs> Advent Children feels a lot more Japanese. Yeah. It's like all the weird Japanese stuff. Spirits Within just felt like a boring sci-fi movie to me that just like happened to be animated. But I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe I'd like it. But it's, we're going to have to But yeah. they did one of the shorts and then they folded after <laughs> they after like the Animatrix came out. That was like the last thing they did, I'm pretty sure. They all did, right. Yeah. Let's roll on to Reloaded. All right. I love that highway sequence. I, I think that is like one of the best action sequences like ever staged and shot. It's like just a, a just an amazing like if you were to like make a list of things you'd go, how do you make an action like scene? You'd just show that and the end of the first movie. Yeah. And then you're set. That entire end sequence of reloaded. Mm-hmm. With the car chase sequence, it <laughs> yes. just never stops. Yes. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And the visuals in that, they hold yeah. up really, yeah, really good. well. I wish they re-released all three of them in the theaters, because I would love to see that scene Yeah, in there. I don't think they will. I don't yeah. think there's enough love for the other two for them to maybe when them. Maybe when they do four. You guys want to talk about the rave? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was an unexpected detour in the Matrix uh, movies, the Matrix series, if you want to call it such. Yeah, it's like, tomorrow we're going to die, so hey, orgy! Yeah. <laughs> I Dick's like, out for I Zion. Like get... <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Dick's, Dick's out for, for Zion. Zion. <laughs> like, I get what they're, they were going for, because it's like, mm. you know, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be showing like humanity and or- organic people like sweating and like getting close to each yeah. other and doing human people stuff like fucking and loving and dancing and and living and loving like that's what it's supposed to be like it's just too long mm-hmm. you know like i i get the idea behind it and i'm like oh yeah that's the would have been good for like two minutes but it's like forever that it just goes on yeah forever you get to see keanu reeves butt though so that's, that's pretty true cool. that's true Makes it all worth it. It uh, was a little bit like their first movie, uh, the Wachowskis' first movie, Bound. In in that sense, that it it was the first time the series had gotten kind of racy. Oh yeah, Mm. yeah. There's definitely boobs in that part. I I was just when I was just watch rewatching today, I was like, oh, there's all kinds of boobs in that dance scene. I don't remember seeing all them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how far they went with that. It does feel kind of out of place, though. Yeah, it's just weird in the like momentum of the story. Like, it overstays its welcome. Like, can we get on yeah. with the movie now? Yeah, yeah, I just i i like the Wachowskis were like, oh, we got this really cool shit. Now they're like, hey, we rented them out for the whole day, and we're gonna <laughs> use all of it. Yeah, all yeah. five hundred these extras. <laughs> we got two rolls of film for this. We're gonna use every idea we've written on paper. That's just why. We- Boom, throw the whole kitchen sink But see, in. here's where, like, the shared universe thing starts showing its head. So, like, they introduce the kid. So, in the Animatrix, there's a story where this kid's, like, getting computer messages from Neo. And he's, like, and it's, like, telling him, like, your life's a lie or whatever. And so, at the end of the, the short, he 
jumps off a building and commits suicide, but he wakes up and he's out of the matrix. Mm -hmm. So that kid is in reloaded and he walks up, you know, and it was animated. Now he's like a real person, but obviously they base animation on the way the actor looks. So he comes up and I'm like, Oh, that's the kid from animatrix. If you don't know, the animatrix you're like who the fuck is this kid why is he no neo what what is his deal and Mm. this kid has like whole arcs in the second and third movie and like but his all his establishing part of his character arc is in the animatrix Mm -hmm. so like it's separate from the movie i always thought that was like such a not a good choice to do yeah they should at least a like maybe had him like say what happened a little bit in the movie in case somebody didn't watch Animatrix which maybe a lot of people didn't because anime was pretty niche back then it was like you know early 2000s late 90s um I don't know I always just thought that was like a weird choice to like have a person that they established they set up in a completely different thing and then just have him as a huge main character just pops up yeah yeah I always thought that was weird it really was like it like I imagine like not ever like it's like you said I don't think everybody saw the animatrix no so like what what the fuck who is this guy yeah. who is this kid and why is he no he Neo from? and why yeah is, like what also he, like, him totally worships him. Neo yeah here. yeah the architect yeah he finds him on Dateline NBC with Chris Hansen yeah <laughs> pulls out a thesaurus and uses every uh, hmm. highbrow word in the book. Yes. <laughs> that also stops the movie. See, like, the the first Matrix is like a really tightly edited film, yeah. and it's really quickly paced, and it's, per- it's perfectly paced, in fact. And then you got Reloaded, which is, like, this kind of, like, stop. It, it stops the movie too much for exposition. And that architect scene is, like, one of the most show-stopping things I've ever seen in any movie. It's just absolutely just expo- exposition dump out of nowhere, and it just completely stops the movie in its tracks. And it's like what, like I get like what he was there for, but it's mm. just like what the hell. Like, this is kind you... of a Wachowski problem, though. They yeah. do this a yeah. lot, mm-hmm. you know, and they did this with the Oracle too. Yes. Like she has to dump knowledge on him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need all this. Yeah, you know the mystery is good. Yeah, we the can archi- figure it out. The architect should have been like the very end. But he's like in the third act, but the beginning of the third act, and a bunch of stuff happens after him. Like right. I feel like he should have been at the very, very end, and mm. then been like wrapping up like the idea of like why do we have the Matrix and and because he says a lot of interesting ideas of like you know uh, like there's like a programming thing where like you know since programming's numbers like every time we do this program we run it it has the same anomaly every time right so there's a one every time we run this program mm-hmm. that's such a cool idea that the like Neo's like the sixth one. So, like, he thinks he's special, but he's not because, like, it happens every single time. Yeah. He's just as much part of the Matrix as every other part of the Matrix. Yeah. Which is, like, a super cool, interesting idea that they just throw in the middle of the third act. And then and then there's, like, way more movie and everybody forgets. It has no impact, in my opinion. It like, kind of reminds me of in Blade Runner with the whole, th- or 2049, with Ryan Gosling's whole story. Yeah. Especially where he's just, like, not special. Yeah. He's just another cog in this machine. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. Like, that's a really yeah. neat idea that they just, I feel like they could implement it mm. that a lot better. We've never discussed the Blade Runner movies, have we? I don't think we have. That's an idea. That's, that's another yeah. night entirely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> Especially 2049. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. I, a lot of people hate Reloaded. I wasn't a huge fan when I first saw it. 
But now, mm. years later, I appreciate it a lot more than mm. I did then. And watching all the films like back to back when you can actually see the story flow and move yeah. instead of watching them, you know, a couple of years apart. Yeah. They actually work really well together. They really, really do. Yeah. yeah. I've always had a soft spot for reloaded. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. And I like, it's a flawed movie undeniably, but there's still like, it's still the matrix. Yeah. It's still awesome. It's just, it's an know. entertaining science fiction action thriller. Yeah. It, it does what it sets out to do, which, uh, not as groundbreaking as the first mm. film, but still entertaining. Yeah, because the ground was already covered. They had already yeah. They copied established. a million times. Too, yeah. yeah. I do like the burly brawl still. The burly brawl, like when he fights all the Smiths. Yeah. Mm. Like it looks super fake now. And, it, and it, it makes me sad because when I first saw that, I was like, this is the greatest special effects I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then I watch it now, it looks like a PlayStation 2 cutscene Yeah, at some points. But it still, like, is really engaging. Like, mm. the way they shot it is just really fun. I love, like, all the different, uh, like, and it looks video gaming. And, and it was very obvious they were, like, inspired by gaming. But, you know, like, when he gets the pole and he's swinging around it's, and then he's, like, running sideways favorite. around them and shit. That's and, so like, cool. I that, love that whole And the part. music, like, that down. Do the music so fucking good like during the part? I don't remember. It was a Juno reactor that did that. I don't remember. That did the background song to the Burly Brawl. Like it's just the best. The music in all three movies is really mm-hmm. good in my opinion. But uh, that the background music to that's super cool, and I love the way like Agent Smith rolls up and all these crows fly up like John Woo style, and he's like <laughs> Mr. Anderson. You're like, oh shit, about to be a fight going it's down, and then a whole bunch of them come out, and you're like, oh my god, it's like a bunch of them is gonna fight them all, it's awesome, because you know he's got all these powers, and like Neil's like basically a god in part two, like and now you know that's another interesting thing, like where do you go with Neo as a character? When he's basically a god from part one. Like, part one, you know, at the end where he flies off, you're like, oh, fuck, he can fly? You're like, you know, what the fuck? And then, yeah. like, in the part two, he's, like, invincible, pretty much. He's like Superman, you know? So I always Which they was... play to Superman quite a bit. In yeah, the movie yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah, they even, they even, like, one of the guys even says he's doing a Superman thing when he's, oh, like, that's flying right. around. Yep. But, you know, like, it's interesting. I guess it kind of hampers the fights a little because, like, there's no stakes because, you know, Neo... Like, at the end of the Burly Brawl, he just flies off. And you're like, why didn't he just fucking do that in the beginning? Because it's not as cool. But, you yeah. know. You wouldn't have a scene. Yeah. But I always liked that part. And Agent Smith's, like, even better, an even better villain, I think, in part two than part mm-hmm. one. Like, they really flesh him out and make him, like, a menace, you know. He's able to demonically possess people outside of the Matrix and Zion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is that, that a... guy doing his voice? Or is that overdubbed with his voice? Or is that guy doing an impression of him? Um, he was, I'm not sure. It was probably a combination of both. Maybe even a little CG augmentation. I mean, he definitely sounds just yeah. like him yeah. when he's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy's pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Like, a good villain actor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like Hugo in a way, too. He had his, like, facial expressions and, yeah. like, his mannerisms and everything. Like, yeah. it was pretty cool how they did that, actually. I was noticing that when I watched it today. I was like, damn, he's got, like, his mannerism, the way he walks, like, everything. See, the only problem I had with 2 is when it starts getting into some of the, like, Merovingian stuff, it's a little too much. Yeah, I like that character, though. I do like the character. I just think that it gets, like, weighted down a little bit. Like, we're getting so far into this mythology now, and then we have this other thing 
happening. Mm-hmm. It just kind of just pulled me out of it a hair, but still, it's got Monica Bellucci in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's super hot in it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like holy crap, that like latex dress is amazing. Surprised yes. you don't see people cosplaying that stuff more often. Yeah, that is kind of shocking yeah. actually. But. Yeah, I I just I really like I like the Merovingian like as a concept like just his character like he's just so pompous and pretentious and then like Monica Bellucci's character is like tired of his bullshit super hard. I also really laugh when she does the scene where she wants to kiss Neo, and uh and Trini's like sample this like immediately just like pointing a gun at her. I always thought that was super <laughs> funny like like she's just sitting there watching it like come on bro. But yeah, or when he gives them that orgasm cake and you get to see somebody come in the Matrix. <laughs> That's pretty cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. It's just like too much. I feel like they yeah. tried to do too much they in just this movie. Threw, they were like, just threw everything yes. in at you. Every idea. Well, and again, that's, I think, a Wachowski thing, too. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to just pack as much in mm-hmm. as possible. Too yeah. many cooks. Yeah. Well, just... like, Cloud Atlas, I that's one of my favorite movies of yeah. all time. But even that movie, they just, they pack it in. How much can we get into yeah. this movie? Everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah. 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 Jupiter ascending we're gonna use every single idea under the sun yeah good or bad we're gonna use it i love eddie redmayne's performance in that oh for whis- the wrong whisper shouty. it's so <laughs> bad so bad I create life and <laughs> it. i'm just like that you is i was that the first take or like that's what that's, <laughs> that's how the it's gonna best be. take <laughs> i was just hoping in jupiter ascending at some point channing table would have been like i'm a mog that's all I wanted from that movie. <laughs> I'm my own best friend. <laughs> oh, remember when we did that podcast on that movie? Oh yeah. my gosh, that movie was really bad. Yeah. That's when our podcasts were all on YouTube and like they were like nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had like all the different, like all the camera angles yeah. and stuff. This is better. <laughs> this is so much easier <laughs> for me. But yeah, so Reloaded, it's a fun watch. It's not as perfect as the first one, but again, it's a great puzzle piece. It has those cool albino twins, too. Oh, yeah. And they can, like, phase. I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was pretty. I was, that was and, her, and the so way they cool. fight was cool because, like, they were phasing in and out it's while just... you were trying to punch them and stuff. They were cool. There's a lot of cool ideas in that. Like, Oh, and the Merovingian mansion fight when they're, like, there's, like, a lot of great, even, like, if you take if you take the, 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 the philosoph- philosophical stuff out of out of the equation and now you just have like the action like there's like some fantastic wire foo fighting like mm-hmm. in this movie like there's a scene in the Merovingians when they're fighting and there's like people coming from like four different directions coming like this like one guy's running sideways one guy's running up one guy's jumping one guy's coming this way it is framed so perfectly and awesome like I think honestly like some of the best action is in mm-hmm. Reloaded even more so than the first movie yeah yeah, it's just it feels like kind of like a first draft of a movie Yeah, where it just has everything but because they're the Wachowskis, they're like, we're not going to tell them to, like, yeah. not do what they do. They're like, they made us a bunch of money. Yeah. And so, like, this one, you can tell they had more money and more, like, time and everything. And it's just, it's just so much movie. It's ambitious, ta- though. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You guys want to talk about revolutions? Yeah. 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 Where Did to begin you- with that one? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I I adore this movie, mm-hmm. and I know most people don't. 
I know a lot of people complain because so much of it takes place in reality versus in the Matrix, but I like that element of it Mm -hmm. that we slowly change from the first movie is all about the Matrix. Mm -hmm. The second movie, we get a lot in the Matrix, but we get a lot in reality as well, in Zion, stuff like that. And then this movie, really, Zion and the upcoming battle really takes... Mm. central focus and i know there's some pretty bad cgi in that final battle sequence but i love watching the mechs fight Mm -hmm. did it feel rushed to you as a movie a little bit but again it's the wachowski we need to cram thing i think Mm -hmm. there's just too many like plots going on because you have so neo is in like the train station of nowhere like he's in like, like that purgatory and then you have them trying to find neo and they're going to merovingian to, to get him and then you have their you know the monsters are drilling into the thing the computers are drilling into the thing so zion's under attack and they have like mechas and then you have the a side plot b with you're following the two chicks around when they're fighting the mechas actually i like those those characters um i think that's pretty cool actually but and then on top of that then you have neo getting blinded all this other stuff and then on top of that then like you know trinity dies and then you have him going and fighting smith it's like it's like four different movies yeah and one crammed together into like this unholy mess of just it's a lot it's the one where you can tell that like they were probably editing to the last minute just trying to like fit everything fit everything in and like do all the payoffs and and everything and it's just kind of like if the like reloaded is too much movie but this is like just just way too much balls to the wall yeah it's like i chaos (laughs) it is it's hard to follow sometimes like Mm -hmm. watching it even just it's, it's too much there's too many it's like it's trying to like have its cake and eat it too because it's like a sci-fi movie and an action movie and then it starts getting into this crazy metaphorical stuff where he's like like programs are like we made another program and like the program does needs to have a purpose so we're sending it on a train that another program made it's like all this metaphysical like representations of like you know programs as people and then these programs as people as philosophical concepts it's like crazy like the first 20 minutes of that movie is just batshit crazy to me like but it's also incredible that they let them make that, to be honest. Yeah. You couldn't make a movie, like, you couldn't make a big budget movie that's so, like, risky, like, revolutions. Mm-hmm. They let them make a Dragon Ball Z live action movie, essentially, and with yeah. philosophy <laughs> on it. Like, th- th- what? <laughs> yeah. You would never see something like that, like, get made on that scale, I don't mm-hmm. think. They would not make the the Matrix now. They would make mm. like a sequel to the Matrix, but they wouldn't make a movie, an original movie. Money like, was no object the to them at that point. Yeah, it was just the height of their uh, creative power, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with Jupiter ascending, they were using their own money. It, they didn't they didn't have the kind of uh, power that they had when they did those Matrix movies. Re- regardless of how the end result turned out, there's mm-hmm. nobody else to blame but them for how those movies turned out and i don't think they're made like i I feel like it's not made like technically bad like it's just too ambitious i feel like just too yeah too nobody was telling them no it's first drafty it's kind of like it's the difference between 
the way I think of it is you have the original Star Wars movies and then you have the prequels and it's like that where it's every idea you can fit in yeah. and that's what happened with the Matrix sequels although the Matrix sequels I'll, I'll take them over the Star Wars prequels yes the third film is is uh, debatably anticlimactic because they just kind of lay down arms there's not really any real final battle between Neo and the machines they yeah. just kind of peace yeah. and that's the end of it like well, because, like, you know, this was the final, the program actually finally had an anomaly, and an anomaly was Agent Smith. Like, they'd never had an anomaly before that. So that's why the Matrix needed to have them lay down arms, right? Because, well, the Matrix, head of the Matrix or whatever, was like, you know, Agent Smith, like, is jacking shit up, you know? Like, and this has never happened before. So they had to make a deal, basically, to have Neo fight him. So I, I always, like, I always liked the idea of agent smith being this anomaly and agent smith and neo are like two sides of the same coin Mm because they kind of have the same goal right they want to escape the matrix and they're both perfect yes yeah they're both like like the flip side of each other like like agent smith is the neo of the matrix he's the one of the matrix right like Mm -hmm. because he's he's the one program that was able to break its programming and do what he wanted he was a virus and then neo is the one person the one human that could you know, right. fight him so they they were destined to fight each other like mm-hmm. i i love that idea of it and i love how epic the last fight is like yes it's like a dbz fight but it's fucking awesome like yeah. the flying around, like like how many movies would we get to see now where there's a fucking guy in a three piece suit flying around like goku the punching practical footage is still shot really well yeah. yeah yeah like that shot where like there's like he punches uh Neo through a, a building and there's a hole in the building and he comes through and Neo does a splits and he comes yeah. underneath him. It's fucking awesome. And they're like fighting in like s- silhouette and there's like lightning behind them and they punch each other so hard the rain goes up in the air and like it's blowing windows up and it's fucking awesome. That's like cool ass shit. And that punch at the end where it's like super slowed down and like the rain splashing off his fist and it's like mm. face like it's fucking cool <laughs> i don't know i like i get super hyped up during that fight it's fucking yeah. cool and the music's like oh as epic as can be it's, it's like awesome. super awesome it's such it's like the corniest awesome thing ever but like you know 12 year old michelle's like that's fucking great <laughs> don't ever sing again on the show <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Everybody knows what I'm talking about, though. I know, it, I know. That is <laughs> like the best scene in the whole movie. <laughs> Get used on a Howard Dean supercut. <laughs> uh, I like the end for the most part. I do think the the Jesus stuff gets pushed a little too far. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever him sacrificing himself a little on the nose yeah it's a little on the nose but the visuals i mean when i watched this a week and a half ago yeah i know like when they're in the mechs some of like the facial expressions Mm -hmm. and stuff look terrible like you can tell those are like Mm -hmm. cgi people but the movement the robotic movements like you feel the weight of those things when they're walking and they're shooting like, I actually did feel like this one, there were some stakes yeah. towards the end because mm-hmm. Zion is basically going to get effed up, yeah. you know? And so many p- people die in that battle. I mean, they, the robots just kill, like, everything, basically. And there's so, not really a lot of movies that have full-on mecha battles in no. them. No. 
that are like on that scale. I'm trying to think of any mm-hmm. really like live action. I mean, no CGI is not live action, I guess, but like in a in a blockbuster film, a giant mecha fight on that scale with robots and stuff. Like, mm, I think that's the only one, really. What about robot jocks? Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that was not good, but. Actually, I love robot jocks, but... It's goofy. There's only two robots, like, in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the sequel, Robot Wars? Yeah, that's terrible. It's not yeah. on the level of robot jocks. Was that a, a Red Brown movie, or...? Robot jocks? No, Robot Wars. I'm pretty sure he was in Robot Wars. But, yeah, so, like, that was what we had for robots. It was robot jocks. And then now you got, you know, the Matrix got cool mechas and... And like, and how cool is it? Like that scene where he's like, you know, in the mecca, and he's like on the bridge, and he's like, and they're like all oh, like swarming awesome. them and stuff. I was like, that's pretty cool. Some sensory overload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lot going on in the end of that movie. A lot. I kind of felt like it was Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of Return of the King, where it just yeah. keeps going. Well, that's what I said when we saw It Chapter Two. Mm. Yeah. I'm like. What the fuck is this? Is this Lord of the Rings? What's happening? There's like so many endings. They just get, tag ending, yeah. ending, add another one. Here's another one for it. Like, come on. <laughs> and then, and then, like it's like the end, and then there's like this rainbow sunrise. And I was like, <sighs> that's the best ending y'all come up with for this for real. Like, I just, I don't I don't know if I wanted it to be like a dark ending or anything, but I felt like it could have been. And I'm like thinking like now they want to make part four. Like where the hell you go from there? Like what? Like, it doesn't need a part four, really. Well, they should make a prequel and not make it a sequel, personally, but I think it's a sequel, right? Is that what they said? I think that it's going to be partly both because apparently Michael B. Jordan has been cast as Morpheus. Oh, young Morpheus. So, and Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are both coming back. And apparently, there's going to be something that happens where they have to go and find young morpheus that's just you know bullshit from like we got this covered.com <laughs> yeah. mm. those guys yeah. can just we got this covered they got because we just pulled it out yeah. of our yeah. ass. made that up just now <laughs> we could be uh, speculating about a lie yeah, yeah. we could yeah. be but apparently michael b jordan is officially signed on and he is playing a young morpheus well, so he was he was attached to it when they were like doing the rumors for it in like 2017 right yeah when they were saying it was going to be a new like a brand yeah. new like matrix movie not I'm, even a sequel really i'm yeah. glad the wachowskis are involved because I, I don't i don't know who else would do it only one of the wachowskis only one of them i think lana okay. yeah lana is doing it yeah i'm not sure why both aren't well, I heard they shut down their studio. Yeah, they did. They did. Is she is she doing Kickstarter or something funding for this or No, Warner Brothers is fully behind it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. No, they're they're funding this thing. Warner Brothers is like, "Hey, we're we're having a rough 2019. You better get us the Matrix right yeah. now." <laughs> well, that's like 90s stuff has been now. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's one of the most 90s franchises yeah. ever. Yeah. Mm. They got a lot of making up to do after their last movie for Warner Brothers. Was that Jupiter Ascendant? Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, and the thing that I like about the work is that it's really creative and interesting and they try new things and they try risky things. It's just that they, they try everything. And I feel like their stuff works better when it's more simplistic. Like Sense8. Sense8 is like low, and it sounds crazy because Sense8 like really like high concept too, but it's, it's low key for them. 
mm-hmm. and it works because it's like they it has a core concept and they just use that concept and they you know extrapolate off of that it's not like 50 movies in one like jupiter ascending has got like you know werewolves rocket boots and like this lady can control bees and it's all shit it's like yeah what the fuck's happening yeah. there's like people like that like bathe in the blood of people that get younger it's so much stuff and they don't give any time to ease into it either it's no. just it's coming at you so fast and furious and you're just you're lost before you even know where you're at i don't know what happened with sensate because a lot of people watched that show it just cost too much it was that what it was it was literally like every part of the world and like it, apparently the ratings weren't up for that yeah. even though it was like beloved yeah because well, a... netflix is weird and that we don't know they're so kind of secretive with their ratings and why mm-hmm. and they'll just cancel shows that are popular and you're just like why but then they'll renew shows that aren't popular yeah yeah so it makes you wonder like what they use for metrics and like how they quantify whether they want to keep a show or not right, I don't know. right especially when they have so many things coming out at the same time yeah you know like Sense Eight was probably one of the most popular things that was on there when it was came out. I yeah. always everybody talked about it when you know, so strange. They really haven't done a lot. Really, no. it's been The Matrix and like a few movies and Speed Racer. Oh yeah, I love Speed Racer. Speed Racer is a shit. <laughs> v for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Oh, they, they didn't direct. They didn't produce it. They were only producers. Yes. But yeah, Speed Racer is really. I know it's like the Matrix thing, but like whatever. I'm going to talk about it. Speed oh, Racer okay. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is like the it's, closest to like a actual live action yes. anime ever, and it's perfect. I'm always trying to get people to watch Speed Racer, and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Seriously, it's the coolest thing ever." And it, it just had the misfortune of being released right after Iron Man. Oh, was it? Right yeah, after it was, Iron oh, Man, no. that was the got summer. lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. It got lost in the shuffle, and I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I also think a lot of people went into it like, oh, it's the Wachowskis. It's going to be like the Matrix. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't super highbrow. Yeah. It was the cartoon transposed to a live-action film. I mean, the the, the car racing scenes oh, are they're amazing. so colorful and amazing. It's just like the cartoon. And Emil Hirsch, total asshole. We know that now, yeah. but he was great yeah. in that role. And uh, who else was in it? Uh, um, Christina Ricci was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. I think Susan Sarandon. And um, Michael Michael Matthew Fox. Oh, he was Racer X. Yeah, he was Racer X, and he looked the part. Yeah, he was, he was awesome as Racer X. Yeah. No, Speed Racer, I think... In the future, it's going to be one of those. It yeah. definitely, it's definitely sure. like now there are people who are like willing to like be like Speed Racer, man. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're very much fans of anime, and mm-hmm. you could see all the anime influence in their work. So I always like when they heard they were directing Speed Racer, I was like, oh, that's a good choice because they understand anime aesthetic, in my opinion, and and what makes anime kinetic and fun to watch. And they incorporated that a lot into, um, you know, what's funny is when, you know, the Matrix is kind of like taking notes from Ghost in the Shell. And then when the Ghost in the Shell live action movie came out, everybody's like, oh, it's like the Matrix. And I'm like, yeah, because the Matrix was like that Ghost in the Shell anime, you know, like it was kind of like this weird circle that kind of happened with, 
with their stuff. And then maybe the sequels also kind of suffered a bit because everybody was sick and tired of that Matrix aesthetic because every other movie copied it for like five years after it came out. Yeah. So then when the sequels came out, everybody was like super over that. But I- what was really funny is that people seemed like they were annoyed and over it, but it, they still made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Matrix Reloaded. I just I looked it up. I was looking at the box office thing. It made like seven hundred forty million dollars. Dang! And um, Revolutions fifteen made, years ago made like four hundred million. And it was like the I think it was the first movie that was simultaneously like a regular showing and IMAX movie at the same time. They still did pretty well on video too. I mean, oh yeah. yeah, not as well as the first one, but tons of copies of them sold definitely and they still do really well on home video because they keep re-releasing them in different packages when i went to get that 4k steelbook last week i got the last one when you like watched it was it in 4k when you rewatched it did it look good it looks awesome on my system yeah I bet. yeah soon i'll upgrade that projector though it'll be true 4k down here I mean, the first Matrix does not look dated at all, in my opinion. No. Like, no. when we watched it, I'm like, man, these special effects Mm-mm. 100% hold up. Maybe they did more practical. I don't know. Well, the bullet time was practical. Yeah, like, it was just like wire work, right? And then they would swing the cameras, like mm-hmm. all those cameras that would be taken at the same time. There were, I, I forget how many cameras they had set up, but they were taking mm-hmm. snapshots and they just digitally uh, blended it together. So it was the motion was more smooth, yeah. but those were practically photographed images that we're seeing of with the two of them fighting. So what's crazy is they only really did, they've only done seven or eight films. Yeah. Bound, The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, Revolutions, Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending. So seven movies. The Matrix 4 will be her eighth. Not including Sense8. Yeah, because Sense8 yeah. had a movie too, right? Sense8 had you count a, that as a movie, like or they had like a, a Christmas episode. special, yeah, which yeah, was an extended episode. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Sense8 only ever had fourteen episodes. I mean, it was a cool idea. That's it. Wow. It, I mean, it seemed like it went on forever. Yeah, their, their films aren't cheap. I mean, other no. than uh, Bound, which mm. was you know their their first start, most of it was done practically, if not all of it. Um, every film from the Matrix onward has been a big budget endeavor. Yeah, didn't they produce or write like some that ninja movie? Too? Ninja Assassin. Yeah, Ninja Assassin. That mm. movie was kind of crap, but it was. I, yeah, but it had, to, <laughs> but it totally had like bullet time stuff in it. Like yeah. it's like they couldn't make movies without that in it. You know, like even V for, v for Vendetta, Vendetta has like bullet time. I was bulletproof monk. I was like, I don't remember the part in the comic where he was like a superhero at fighting so <laughs> every time i watch it and that scene happens and yeah. I, I was like oh there's the wachowskis yeah and it's also unfortunate this is like i don't want to like add like a lot extra but it's unfortunate that the red pill thing got co-opted by yes. the men's right people when yeah. actually you know the film like the creators are uh transgender uh women and it's definitely that is like in the subtext of the film mm-hmm. is the, the the idea of like breaking out of conformity breaking out of shells that you're like forced in to live in yeah and being a different person right like that's obviously like like queer theory in the film yeah. is very apparent and then like the they've totally co-opted the red pill to be like this you know men's activist shit and i'm just like how could you get that out of that movie? I don't know. And it's unfortunate, like, when you hear Red Pill now, like, you, it has that 
connotation it has, to yeah. it. Yeah. And they just kind of because like, even when I said it earlier, I instantly went to there's there's people just you kind of wince you go yeah yeah it just sucks that like that came out of it yeah and completely misses the entire point of like the films you yeah know? it's an interesting rewatch now knowing that they're both trans that, yeah that adds some aspects to it yeah it's, yeah. it's very interesting like it, I, I I just I enjoy it now like more. I enjoy it more now that I think of it with that light, like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, like they were really trying to say something about that. And then when you look at it in retrospect, like it's even more apparent to me. Yeah. That's what they were saying with the film. And it's really interesting to me that it's both of them. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cause that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. I mean, I know it does obviously, yeah. Yeah. but it is very interesting to me. I mean, they must be so close knit with each other. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like sharing everything in life together, yeah, you know, which is kind of cool. And you know, and also, the, all these three, all three of these films are incredibly diverse castings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like there's Asian people, black people, Hispanic people, like women, men. Everybody's like, you know, some people. Trinity's very androgynous. Yeah, uh, genders blurred in the film, and you know, and I, Keanu Reeves kind of androgynous looking too, if you ask me. Um, mm. and, like. That was before it was like a thing. Like people, like it's weird that people complain about it being forced in the movies now, when all three Matrix movies were super diversely cast and nobody gave a shit back then. So I don't understand why everybody gives a shit about it now. Like, like why are you upset? Like, this has been a thing. So yeah, like I I always just thought it was really interesting, like how diverse like the casts were in all mm-hmm. the films and 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 they just that's just the way they cast everything they make though they love casting diverse people in their movies which is another great thing about the Wachowskis I think they're great movies I think we beat this one to death now yep. yeah <laughs> you guys good yeah yeah cool do we have anything else we want to say rutabaga okay <laughs> there is no spoon <laughs> red pill blue pill I don't know. Thinking about this, which pill I would take. Mm-hmm. I don't way. know why, that I would want to wake up in that reality. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of freaks me out. Like, well, if I take the red pill, I'm gonna wake up, and I'm basically gonna be in this hellscape that's ruled by robots, and yeah. I'm probably gonna or, fucking die. Or, 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 or you get I, steak. You get steak and you get the chicken, the red dress. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Seems pretty obvious to me. You want to take the blue pill. I'm going to take I'm taking I the blue pill. The matrix. What's I- that? <laughs> I choose the matrix. <laughs> that would have been great. He's just like, yeah, this will change. I'm taking that one. Yeah. That sounds way better. But you get to learn karate and no, 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 no. The steak. The steak. Morpheus, you keep talking about rabbits and holes. Like, dude, I didn't Can read I Alice eat a in rabbit? Wonderland. I'll take the blue pill if I get to eat a rabbit. Dude, I don't. I, I, I can't read. Just give me the blue pill, man. Come on. <laughs> you didn't I, say anything about a lucky rabbit's foot, though. What the fuck? I totally That'd forgot about the Alice in Wonderland kind of it, it, oh, yeah. throughout the first it. movie. Yeah, it's all throughout. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first one, it's like... Mm-hmm. Stay right in, in Wonderland, and I'll yeah. show you how yeah. far the rabbit hole goes. Yep. I just want to like. They said that during the orgy too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't remember, you don't remember uh. the orgy in Alice in Wonderland? That's true. The Mad that, Hatter. It was at that tea more party. like Mad Sacker. Very <laughs> merry on birthday. What about the Mad Fister? <laughs> the Mad Fister. <laughs> no. Oh. Cruising. 
(laughs) (laughs) That would be an interesting cross between films. (laughs) Cruising and the Matrix. Put together in one. There is a lot of leather. They could keep the same outfits, at least. The wardrobe wouldn't be overtasked. Pacino would show up. <laughs> Morpheus would be like blue pill or red pill. Ooh, ah. <laughs> a scarf with ether. I was thinking of like Al Pacino now. Yeah, and he's like, "Where's the Doncachino?" <laughs> All right, we're losing our minds. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good night. Good night. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.